0: Well, good morning. good morning. It is great to have you here, and I know many of you have been welcomed uh, to this national Back to Church Sunday. If you are here for the first time, especially welcome, it is great to have you here. I, I'm not sure what maybe some of your preconceptions are about church or uh, the message that church shares and, and preaches, um, but I, I know many times we, we can kind of send a mixed message or even make some... Uh, Kind of mistakes uh, unintentionally about messages. And so if you have a bulletin here, um, you don't have to do this now, but sometimes we get some announcements wrong. Sometimes we do some typos and some errors. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any in this week's bulletin, but let me share with you some uh, typos that have happened in other bulletins across the country. Okay? Fair enough. So we don't have to laugh at ourselves, but we can laugh at other people. How's that? Right. All right. Uh, Let let me share with you just a couple. These are actual announcements in bulletins of churches across our country. Uh, One said this, ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a good chance to get rid of some things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. (laughs) How about this one? The choir will meet at the Larson house for fun and sinning. I heard it was a record-breaking night for the choir that night, right? Right? Smile at someone who is hard to love. Say hell to someone who doesn't care much about you. (laughs) Nice greeting, huh? (laughs) Yeah, good. Uh, Here's an interesting one. The peacemaking meeting, get this, the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. or, how about this? Tonight's sermon, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> oh, oh, you just got that, huh? Yeah. Or, how about this? The over 60s choir will be disbanded for the summer with the thanks of the entire church. <laughs> Uh, And then there was a missionary, a missionary who came from Africa and was speaking at Calvary Church in the state of Wisconsin, and her name was Bertha Belch, okay? So the inevitable announcement comes, come tonight and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. (laughs) Nice, huh? Very nice. Well, there can be a lot of mixed messages that that churches send out, intentional, unintentional, really unintentional, uh, and that can also go to what we believe and what we can say about God and his love oftentimes for us. I mean, mean, here's some of these things that maybe I mistakenly have said or unintentionally have said. Um, God loves you unconditionally is what we like to say, and then we say, as long as you meet these conditions, right? And we kind of give a list of sorts, or we say, Jesus loves you, there's nothing you can do to to make him love you anymore, but then kind of subliminally, but he'll really love you if you, you know, get involved here, or go to a Sunday school class, or memorize Bible verses, or give in the offering, or this thought, you know, Jesus paid it all, he went to the cross, died on the cross, now you just have to keep the Ten Commandments, or the Golden Rule, or the Great Commission, or some other set of rules. And what unfortunately happens with these mixed messages that we send is we promote a church culture that misses the message of grace. So I don't think there's anything more important than we can talk about here inside these walls today than God's unconditional grace for us. And what I want to do here today is is tell you a little bit about what we believe the Bible says and what this church believes about grace and then, um, and then what we can do with that belief, how we follow through with that belief and live out that belief in our lives. Um, If you've been a regular here at First Baptist, you'll know that we have just finished a series on the 10 core values of First Baptist. If you've not been coming around here and that interests you, you can go on our website and listen to those messages of the 10 core values we've talked about, the Bible, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about worship and discipleship and fellowship and all those types of things. But, but, the underlying principle of all these values is the understanding of God's unconditional grace for us you cannot miss this because if you try and do those values and you see them as a list of things to do or you see them as a list of duties you know i have to get into a small group i have to go to worship i have to read my bible i have to pray so that god will bless me or god will you know allow me to be you know a good boy or a good girl and i'll get it right you will be doing it for the wrong reasons and you will wear yourself out. You'll be on this treadmill of performance that will just wear you thin. And so this is really crucial to understand that God's unconditional grace comes first. And you base your relationship with him on that unconditional grace. Please don't don't have this kind of underlying feeling of, well, I have to do all these things to earn God's approval. No, we get to do these things. We love to do these things. We have a culture of giving here at First Baptist. We're going to give a little bit later in our offering. If you're here for the first time, please do not feel like you need to give. You do not need to. Those who come to First Baptist and call First Baptist their home, give not because they have to, but because they want to, and they love to and they see what god is doing that's a result of god's unconditional grace on us first not because of something we do to earn his love or to earn his grace please understand that that's kind of the message in a nutshell because i know some of you will probably say you know what i know about god's grace it's you know saved by grace right saved by grace well maybe you have a head knowledge of what grace is but do you truly have a heart knowledge Does it impact how you treat others? Does it impact how you live? Does it impact how you talk to others and how maybe you give grace to others as well? Today, I want to get it past just the head knowledge. I want it to be a heartfelt knowledge that you have as well. And so if you have your Bible, would you open them up to the book of Ephesians? And uh, today, if you don't have your Bible, that is fine. Uh, We have some available for you at our Next Step Center, or you can see it up here on the screen. Or, even better yet, you can have it right there in your outline. The passage I have is Ephesians chapter 2, at the top of your outline. And here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 4. It says, But God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, a big word for sin, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace, you have been saved. And raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one... May even boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, that book that Pastor Scott talked about, the Storm March book, is just a story after story after story of people going through storms, knowing God's grace upon them, and living in that grace. Maybe not always understanding what was taking place, but living in that grace and getting through those storms with that grace that God gives to us. And so if you have your outline, let's just kind of go through a few quick points. The first point being this, is that grace is given as a gift. Grace is given as a gift. Now, this one is really hard for us. And I'll admit it's hard for me. It's hard to understand because we live in a society where we earn everything that we get. In fact, let me prove it. Some of these sayings I'm going to read here, and probably all these sayings, you have in your minds, and so you've heard these, and so they are in there somewhere. In fact, would you finish the saying as I bring it up with you, okay? Here's the first one. Finish the saying. If it sounds too good to be true, it is, right? Uh, Let me give you another one. There's no such thing as a free lunch, but there is a free barbecue today, if you have not heard about that, right? Underneath the oak tree. Head on out there. You know, it's just kind of interesting, though. Even as we were talking about that, the book that we have there that Sharon Mackinac put together, the Stormwatch, the Bounded one, uh, $5, cover printing costs and all that. But then what did we say? We have a free book, a free devotional. But do you hear what Scott said about that? But you have to join a small group to get a part of it, right? I I, I mean, sometimes we can even fall up or trip into that. It's not really free. Well, it is free monetarily, but we do want you to be a part of a group to get in um, and to enjoy that, enjoy all that that means. Um, Here's an old one. Uh, We make money the old-fashioned way. We earn earn it, I think is how he used to say it, right? Uh, How about this? There is no gain without... Pain. God helps those who <laughs> help themselves. You got this, right? Because we live in America. We hear these things. And we hear how American life says, you get what you pay for. That's kind of the, you know, the Protestant work ethic. You put in a hard day's work, you get a fair day's pay. And that, that's fine. That's fine that we live in that kind of society. But when it comes to our relationship With God. It doesn't count. It doesn't work that way. He doesn't relate to us on our performance, He relates to us with His grace. And and I thank God for that. Every one of us should, because none of us would do enough to earn. A performance. None of us would do well enough to get into heaven. In fact, let me, let me even tell you how this comes through in the jokes or the stories that we tell. If you have heard, um, you know, stories about, oh, you know what, a, a, a man died and went up to heaven. And who is usually there at the pearly gates? St. Peter, right? What is St. Peter usually doing? He's kind of got a clipboard or a list to see, do you get in or do you not, based upon what you've done in life. Right? Most of us have heard some joke or some story that starts with, Peter's at the pearly gates and he's checking out to see how we're doing. It is just a part of our culture. It's permeated our culture that we have to do, do, do enough if we're going to earn God's approval. If I'm going to get into heaven, I have to do enough to do that. Here's the trouble. The trouble is you can't be perfect enough to get into a perfect place. It's impossible. In fact, I stopped being perfect years ago. I know that's hard for some of you to, to, to know and imagine. Years ago. You're probably one hour into my life. I stopped being perfect. And you did too. And so the only admission is grace and grace alone. Look at that verse out of Romans eleven six. But if it is by grace, get this. It is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would be no longer grace, right? It wouldn't be grace if you had to do something to earn it or deserve it. Works are not a part of the equation. Please take that out. And if you're here for the first time and uh, you didn't know that or or you kind of sense, well, I thought church was about different things that no, a relationship with God is about a grace that he gives to us a grace that we cannot earn, that we simply accept. In fact, let me ask it another way. How much do you need to add to 100% to, uh, to complete whatever that is? How much do you need to add if it's already 100%? Nothing. No. You, you can't add anything to 100%. It's already complete. However, in some of your minds, You are trying to. And if you are trying to do something to earn God's approval or to be a little bit better or to earn your way to heaven, then what you are saying is that Jesus going to the cross was not good enough to make that happen. That you need to do something more to make that happen. Because you're trying to add to it. And again, I know it's hard to understand because we don't ever get something for free. You know, you go into the mall and you hear someone say, okay, here's this free phone, but what does it usually come with, right? A two-year contract that you have. That's not free, and you're paying for it in some way, somehow. Or, you know, hey, get free direct TV, but you have to order, you know, 29 years of performance package, and if you break the contract, your wife and kids are sold into slavery and, and all the rest, Right? check the fine print it's in there it's in there right every other religion relates to god with a sense of do do it's something you have to do you're earning your way to god it's man trying to get to heaven trying to get to god whereas this church and christianity want to share the gospel that says it's not about D-O, it's about D-O-N-E. It's done. It's finished. Jesus did that work on the cross. He paid the penalty for sin that I've committed, that you've committed. And his, his death on the cross has allowed us to be in relationship with God. There's nothing we can do about that. It has already been done for us. That's the major difference. We can't get that phone, right? Right? Thank you. Peter Drucker is. Recognized kind of as the dean of American business management. I don't know if you ever, many of you have heard his name. Very, very popular. Uh, If you have been through universities and schools, you would have studied some of Peter Drucker's uh, writings and books. He he kind of was the guru when it came to starting up companies and managing companies, especially in the Silicon Valley. A number of years ago, every college university has studied his books. The guy has an IQ off the charts. He's kind of a Renaissance man. He is the man in American business, or has been for many, many years. Well, when he was in his 80s, now he's even older than that, but when he, when he was in his, in his 80s, he announced that he had become a Christian. And there was a pastor who found him at a uh, seminar that he was at and went up to him and he said, Mr. Drucker, I hear you have become a Christian. Is that true? Peter Drucker said, Well, yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. And the pastor said, can I ask you, what caused you to step across that line and trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And he said, Peter Drucker thought about it for a moment, and then he gave this response. He said, when I finally understood grace, I realized I was never going to get a better deal than that and I understood grace and what grace was truly about. No better deal. Oh, we're we're leery. No, there's got to be a catch. There's got to be a catch. No. God's grace is extended to us. And if a brilliant man like Peter Drucker can say, hold on, there's no better deal out there, then we need to look at that as well and say, okay, What am I doing with that? Okay, so let's talk about it. It, Grace, it's a free gift. How do we receive it? How do we open it? How do we accept it? You do it by this. Second point, grace is received by faith. By faith, grace is received. It's not about church attendance. It's not about works. It's not about baptism. It's not about communion. It's not about receiving the sacraments, but it is by faith. That you receive. And again, that's scripture teaching us. Look at Ephesians 2 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. Through faith. There's why we filled it in, by faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can go around boasting about it. You say, well, well how is that possible? How does God just just give me that grace for free? He does it because there is no way that you could possibly ever have earned it. You could have done nothing good enough. Your life would never measure up to being good enough to be in relationship with him. Let me give you an example from my own personal life. When um, my daughter Brianna was born about 13, almost 14 years ago, um, I very specifically remember about when she was three months old, four months old, something like that, that um, she couldn't do much of anything around our house. I mean, she couldn't, like, uh, 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 help around the house. She couldn't do the dishes around the house. She couldn't take out the garbage around the house. She couldn't do the laundry around the house. She could make a whole lot of laundry, but she couldn't do the laundry around the house, right? All she could basically do was eat, sleep, and cry, and eat, and sleep, and cry, and and all. That's about all she could do. But I loved her, and I would give my life for her even though I didn't know her real well yet. I knew her those three, four months. But I would have done anything for that little girl. In fact, in her helpless state, I chose to love her in any way I possibly could. No strings attached, because she was helpless to ever earn my love. But I still loved her. I loved her unconditionally and if you have kids you probably have thought the same thing you know that's how God loves us he sees us in a helpless state He says, there's nothing they can do to earn my love. There's nothing they can do to help around here. There's nothing they can do to be perfect enough. But I love them. And some of you just need to know this and understand that God made you to love you. He didn't make you to curse you. He didn't make you to condemn you. He didn't make you to feel guilty. He made you to love you. That is the reason he made you. And we enter into a relationship with him because he extends that love to you. He extends the grace to be in a relationship with him. And all he does is he says, give me your faith, give me your heart. We receive it by faith. And when we give him our faith, we're trusting him with our lives. But it's by faith. Now look at the verse there in Romans four sixteen. It says, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring. It, it rests on the grace, but it's received by a faith, by a belief that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. We receive him by faith in then relationship with him. That is not based upon your performance. That is based upon God's promise for you. Please hear that. It's never about your performance. It is about God's promise on you and for you. And that is available to anyone. It comes by way of knowing that Jesus went to the cross to take away our sin, that there was a sin that I had done in my life, that there's a sin that you have done in your life, and no payment could make that right except a perfect payment, and that's who Jesus was. He was a perfect son of God that came to this earth who taught us how to live. He taught us how, even in his suffering, he taught us how to suffer. He taught us that we die for other people, and he died for us. And when we believe him, We give him our life. And we say, God, I'm giving my life over to you. I accept you by faith. I want to follow you. I don't want to follow my own path. I want to follow you now. And that payment, that payment had to be done. Look at the next verse there in Romans 6.23. Look at why that payment was done. It says, for the wages of sin is what? Is death. The wages. the, The things we did wrong. The cost for that is death. But rather than you having to die, rather than me having to die, God said, I'll send my son Jesus to die. The wages of sin is death. But, but the free gift, that's the grace, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's giving him our faith. It's giving him our lives. It's giving him our everything. It's saying, we'll follow you. We trust you. We put our faith in you. And that eternal life is ours forever. Can't lose it. Now, that's something that we could talk about more, and I'll teach more about that in the upcoming months when you're around here. Um, I have so much more to say about these beliefs that we have here, but I wanted to get that basic belief out there and understanding that we operate, we function out of an unconditional grace that God gives to us. It's not out of a guilt, but it's a grace that God gives to us. But what I want to do for the last few minutes is share about now what we do with that belief. Namely, you have the last point there, that grace is lived out in community. Grace is lived out in community. I've already read this verse, but let me read it again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We walk in them with others. We walk through life together. We help one another. We, we watch out for one another. We protect one another. We come to one another. I, I got your back, you got my back. We do that for each other. In fact, let me, let me share with you a visual demonstration of this. Um, this might sound a little strange or might show a little strange here at the beginning, but you'll catch on after I show you kind of where this video is going. This is a video that was taken on a safari with a pride of lions that were trying to take down a baby water buffalo. And so you see this lion catch the buffalo or the baby water buffalo, pull it into uh, kind of the water hole that's there and start to chew on it. And it gets worse because there's an alligator now, a crocodile that launches onto the baby um, a water buffalo as well. And so there's kind of this water, the tug of war going on here. But over the horizon... <laughs> now comes the herd right and they come and they surround kind of these animals and they realize that they can't do it individually but as individuals some of the bigger water buffaloes kind of shoo away some of the animals some of the lion the pride and they kind of chase it down one side and then another one comes in and they kind of try and pick off the animals one by one this is my favorite part right here here we go Woo! (laughs) say get out of here in fact chasing that that lion off and say stay away from our little water buffaloes go on your own way and then they surround these lions here's the one now there's the water buffalo escaping and now these lions don't look very kingly do they they're just kind of whimpering whimpering and saying don't hurt us don't hurt us don't hurt us what's my point my point is this, when we are in trouble, we need each other. When we're going through a difficult time, a storm in life, we need each other to come to one another's rescue. We need to then display grace to one another and have grace offered to us because this is a eat em up, spit them out type of world that we live in. And there is no doubt that you are safer within the pack. You are safer within the church. That's why we're creating these home groups. Because when you have over a thousand people who come around here regularly on a Sunday morning, you need people who know your name. You need people who can surround you. You need people who know that I got your back and you got my back. And so that's why, if you don't mind just pulling these out again, if you did not turn it into the offering plate, that is fine. We would encourage you to fill that out before you leave here today. In fact, turn it in to the um, booth that is out here on the, uh, underneath the oak tree. There's a specific booth where you will even meet some of the other small group community leaders out there. You can ask them questions. Maybe even if you're undecided about who you want to sign up with, you can ask them questions about who um, and which group would work best for you. Because we're starting up this Stormwatch series next week. It's kind of one of those that I like to say, uh, it's an all-skate, okay? Everybody out on the, on the skate floor, it's an all-play. If you play board games, everybody's in on this. Um, specifically over the next seven to eight weeks, we want you to form a community, be in the herd so that you can weather storms together and understand how we navigate through life's storms. Because they'll come. They come to all of us, and we'll talk more about that next week. But these communities are going to study together. They're going to pray together. They're going to become God's family here on earth. And and let me just end with this. Here's why this is so important. It is so important to be in life community with like-minded people because it's amazing what kind of stories develop out of this. Let Let me share one with you. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you would have uh, heard me share a little bit about Jaron and Danae Blythe and how they were uh, caring for a little girl, foster child, um, who they had welcomed into their family. And you'll remember me talking about how you as a church family stepped up when the need was out there. You stepped up when they didn't have clothes for her because they got a call the day before and the very next day she arrived with nothing but the clothes on her back. And uh, you stepped up and you brought her meals. You stepped up and you brought her bedding for her, for her room. You stepped up and you brought her toys for her to play with because they had children's toys for a boy but not for a girl. And all these things came about because a family. We looked out for each other. Here was a baby water buffalo. Let's bring her in. Let's protect her. Let's bring her into the fold. Let me tell you now the rest of that story. How that story began even before most of us knew about this little girl. It, um, it's told by Matt and Jessica Stricker, who have a son who is a, uh, two, about two and a half years of age. His name is, is Jakey. I remember visiting them in the hospital and them telling me some about this and making some connections, but we didn't make all these connections until just about a week ago. Let, let, me, let me read to you what Matt sent to me in an email. He said, as you know, our middle son, Jakey, was born premature and spent almost a month in the NICU at St. Joseph's Hospital here in Stockton. During this difficult time for our family, we noticed other babies that were struggling without any families there to come and care and hold them. We got to know some of the nurses and they would share with us uh, the heartbreaking reality of the babies that they were caring for. And we noticed that one of the babies directly across from Jakey was a little girl named Layla. We never saw anyone visit her, and only the nurses would hold her. So we started praying that God would send someone into our life that would tell her about Jesus and that God would keep her safe in his arms as he held her. Well, it wasn't until this last Sunday that we were able to finally connect all the dots. We talked to Jaron and Danae, and Danae checked Layla's file, and Jakey and Layla were born on the same day in the same hospital, both in the NICU. She had to be the same little girl that we had prayed for, that God would do something special in her life. She said God they said God is so good. Sure it <clears throat> said it is so neat to see how God works in ways that we can't even see and that God has his own timing and he had a perfect plan to bring Layla into a home of a great Christian family and a great church as well at you even before we knew this story God was bringing it together now do you think that that's a coincidence I would call that a godsidence. That's what that is. That is a godsidence. And we just have seen these happen over and over and over again when people get into community, when people look out for each other, when people protect the herd, so to speak. I don't think it's a coincidence that you are here today either whether you are here because you've been a member for years and years and decades, or whether you're here for the very first time, it is no coincidence that you are here. You are here because today God wanted you to understand how much he cares for you and how much he loves you and how much he has looked out for you. And we've talked about the beliefs of First Baptist and the church and the Bible and how those are out there. And we've talked about community. And I pray that if you're comfortable, you would get into a community, yes, but what I really want to make sure is, is today, that if you have not started a relationship with God, today would be the day that you would do that. September 21st, 2014, that you will look back on and say, I started a relationship with a God who was always bringing me closer, who I didn't know loved me that much, and yet I do now today know that. And so before we get on with the rest of the day, the rest of the service, the barbecue that we're going to do, why don't we stop Why don't we pray and let's make sure we're in that relationship with Him. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for an opportunity to get to speak your words and to speak your truth. Lord, your word is so powerful. Connects the dots in our lives. God, I know there are hundreds and hundreds of people in this building right now who have accepted your grace. They have by faith said, I believe that Jesus is God's son and he is the Savior and the Lord of my life. In fact, folks, if we could just do this with every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have prayed to receive Christ into your life and he's your Lord and Savior, would you just slip up your hand real quick? Just slip it up so that I can see it. Absolutely. Praise God. Hundreds and hundreds of people, even waving their arms. Absolutely. Okay, you can put your arms down. Praise God. You're in the family. You know that. So let me ask a question to the rest of you who maybe were not that confident to lift up your arm. Um, God's love is incredible for you. And he extends it to you by his grace. And it's received by faith. So if today, if you're ready to realize that yes, you've been a sinner, yes, you need God in your life through his son Jesus accepting that sin sacrifice and his Holy Spirit can live inside of you and help you live for him. If today you are ready to receive him by grace, by faith, then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm just going to ask you to pray these words right after me in your own heart. Jesus, today I invite you into my life. I turn from my way of life. Today, I follow you. Today, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I receive you by faith. You know, if today you have prayed that prayer, you just pray that along with me. Would you just, if you would, just slip up your hands so that I can see you? I'll just acknowledge you. Okay? No, are not going to embarrass anybody. Just want to say praise God. If you did that, praise God. I see you up in the balcony. Absolutely. Others of you, yes, I see you up there. Are there others? Others who would say, today is the day I'm praying to receive God into my life. Praise God. Thank you. You know, God's word says that when you receive him by faith, you're part of his family. He has blessed you, he has bestowed that blessing on you. And it is just the start of a powerful, powerful relationship. And so today, if you've prayed to receive Christ by faith, would you at some point today either search me out or go to our Next Step Center, which is in our Welcome Center, or talk to the friend who brought you today? Because we have some steps that we'd love for you to take. It's the steps of understanding more about how much God loves you. Well, you were made. You were made so God could love you. And today you have just taken that step to say, God, I love you back. Your life will never be the same. Lord, thank you for this day that we can sing, that we can pray, that we can listen to your word, that we can enjoy some fellowship together. There's nothing more important, though, than knowing we are in the family of God. Thank you for these moments. Even now, as we receive this morning offering, as we have come to give and to bless your work here at First Baptist and around the world. God, we give in a great sense of joy. We give in a great sense of anticipation of what you're going to do with the little that we bring. May it go to bless your work. God, we thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.